0: Hello there and welcome to The Actualized Self, where in each episode we highlight world-class creators and solopreneurs who have created small businesses to learn how they started along with the tools, habits, and routines they employ to grow and monetize their audience. We have an awesome episode again for you today, so stick around. So let's, let's dive right in. Yeah. T- t- like, what do you think people get wrong about health and fitness? Right? Like there's, there's so much content out there and you talk to anybody in any gym uh, and I think you're going to get like different, different kind of advice. So I think part of it is, is sort of like philosophy for sure. Um, but there's a lot of dogma out there, man. And and where do you think your approach differs?
1: So I've been on like every side of the spectrum. I've been, the classic Gym bro and I've also been super obsessed by about optimizing every single factor and I find myself where I get the the highest return on investment is just being 9 to 10 and kind of bridging the gap between the esoteric teachings that we see on Twitter everywhere um and then also what's practical so I'm I'm kind of trying to bridge the gap in between optimal and practical um so because I don't th- think that optimal health, like physical health, is worth achieving if it comes at the expense of your mental health. But of course, mm-hmm. with better physical health, your mental health is also going to improve. So it's it's kind of a catch-22. So you kind of have to be very intuitive and be self-aware as well.
0: Yeah, sure. that, makes, yeah. that makes a ton of sense. And I, and I love that balance, right? So you, you've got this sort of like, you know, we've got this optimal thing that we're sort of shooting for um but everybody sees like brian johnson or like that kind of person right that takes it to the extreme it's just like wow you've dedicated your whole existence to like just really sort of getting in most of us that's not it's not really sort of practical um so for you and you know and i've seen you i've seen you take some some really like i think like different stances around um, a lot of the advice that's sort of out there, right? And like one that comes to mind is like something like intermittent fasting, right? Where mm. you're like, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is sort of all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. Or maybe there's some boxes around that. But for you, when you're thinking about those big levers and the things that you want to pull, um, what are the things that you're really looking at to sort of like strike that balance between like optimal and uh, practical?
1: So I think... For me, the thing that really, really works for me is just when I'm by myself, when I have the opportunity to cook whatever, prepare my meals by myself, I always try to do my best. And then whenever life comes in the way, I couldn't say no to my grandmother, so I'll have one of her cookies. But when I'm back home, it's the eggs and steaks and fruit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when I'm out with my friends, I just don't think about it because sometimes stressing about optimal is going to be even worse for your health than being slightly suboptimal at least that's my mm. take on it
0: yeah that makes that makes a ton of sense so do you have uh like a, groups of foods that you like in the sort of like in the 90 bucket that you're really leaning towards is it like um is it lean meats is it like and fruit is there like or, or what are the the things that you're looking at to sort of like optimally fuel yourself in that and that 90 so
1: back in the day i used to look at food like as calories like as long as I hit my calories and my my macronutrients, I'm set, but i like the deeper I dive into nutrition and health, I realize that there is so much going on, like in the nuances, um like eating locally, eating seasonally, because our biology changes throughout the year, so mm. if you should eat higher carb, lower carb, more fat, less fat, it all has to do with the season you're in, but generally, I just go for fattier meats because that fat makes it taste so good. I'm satiated. I can feel my hormones just spiking. And whenever I'm on a low-fat diet, I used to be that all the time in the past just to reduce the calories and uh, increase the volume of food. But I just had this insatiable mental hunger, just craving for food all the the time. So I find that a higher-fat, protein-rich diet... um, really does it for me so it's usually ground beef steaks eggs um sweet fruits because it digests really well mm-hmm. and that's where i find the sweet spot for
0: sure that's that's awesome um and and how, how much is have you found that sort of like that differs with clients right because like it's there's like and this is just like my bias right and if you disagree like let me know um but you know it seems that everybody's just got like different things that work for them right and 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 one of the things i love about your approach is i think you take a more sort of like balanced holistic approach of being like you know there's a lot of different sort of moving pieces here so have you worked with clients before where the things that work for you whether it's like that sort of like that higher fat higher protein um fruit sort of being your 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 90 where that doesn't work or do you find that for the most part that seems to be something that that tends to work pretty well for people.
1: I I kind of lost you halfway through that sentence, so could you just...
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was a a long one there, right? So, um, you know, for you, do you find, like, other people that... or clients that you've worked with where that approach doesn't work quite as well, right? Where fattier meats, for whatever reason, just are harder to digest, right? Or... Or have you found that for the most part, like if you're taking your template and sort of like giving it to other people that works with, because it seems that there's like a lot of sort of nuance and a lot of individuality, right? Where what works for one person might not work as well for, for somebody else.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, the the people and the clients that I've been working with that has adopted the way of eating that I have uh, have, have seen very good improvements in both in their mental health and their physical health, their energy levels and everything. But of course, there's always going to be individuality. And that also comes down to preference uh, because it's a huge shift in how most people eat. So you kind of have to balance what works for you, uh, the body and also the the circumstances you're in, because not everyone can just eat meat and fruit uh, because they have a family and their family is not on board. So Mm -hmm. definitely. But I think the main takeaway is just trying to eat what your great-grandma would have eaten, like whole foods. Uh, (laughs) I remember writing this uh, in a tweet a while back, and I said, I spent 12 years experimenting with dieting just to find out that my great-grandmother was right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. And you said something like, I think I want to circle back to that. I think that is so critical earlier around seasonality yeah and, and sort of seasonality around foods and i think about that sometimes because i love fruit as well it's like one of the things that i probably put i could probably actually eat a little bit less of it if i wanted to right but there's something about like eating watermelon in winter that this doesn't feel like completely natural right yeah. it's like this this sort of sitting. i'm not exactly even sure where it's where it's coming from um but like All of a sudden, like to have like a giant jar of it and just like eat that, you know, like when it's like middle of January, like doesn't feel like completely, completely natural. So like, can you talk through like maybe some of your philosophy there and how you sort of approach that sort of eating with the season stain when you're working with people?
1: Yes, I I think your intuition is bang on. Um, And like you don't even have to be a scientist or a researcher to kind of even notice in the taste. When you eat fruit that is in season and locally, it just tastes so much better. Like when you go abroad to like um, the Mediterranean and you get your hands on some local fruit, I mean, it just tastes different. You can just feel the nutrients uh, and flavors in a completely different way. And as I've started to look into this whole other side of nutrition, I really realized that we're not only eating calories, but we're eating stored sunlight, which is also why fruit and vegetables that are grown in the sun taste so much better than those that are um, manufactured in artificial settings. So I'm not very deep in the science yet, but I will be because it's super, super interesting uh, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a really great great point. And there's probably like a lot of, you know i'm not even sure if it's like micronutrients per se like per se but maybe some sort of side benefits or things that scientifically we're not even advanced enough to fully understand right like if you're growing something in artificial light versus you know whatever um there's a ton of sort of micronutrients that you're grabbing from soil that you're not getting in hydroponics and all this sort of things that some of which we're probably able to diagnose now but some of which were 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 not um when it comes to you you also said something interesting earlier around like around digestion right, and I think that's like a that's a big thing that I don't think people have you know really sort of like think about um but what are the what are the keys that you're really looking at or the cues that you're looking at there when it comes to like foods that are sort of relatively easy digestible versus those that are not
1: I think the best way to kind of like just a general view of what is easy, digestible, is, is basically how you feel after a meal. If you feel tired, if you feel lethargic, if you need to go to the bathroom five, six times a day, uh, that's probably a good sign that you're eating something that you're not completely digesting and absorbing. And I think that is so crucial uh, for health and performance especially because you're not only what you eat, but you are what you absorb. So if you don't absorb the nutrients that you're eating, like the more stuff that comes out, that just means that less has been absorbed, right? Yeah. so bowel movements is probably number one and then just if you're uncomfortable you're feeling lethargic and stuffed so yeah
0: yeah yeah that that makes that makes a ton of sense have you ever looked at that i want to say it's called like the fodmap diet um or they're really sort of like low like what are your what are your thoughts on that that kind of approach
1: so the fodmap diet um I mean they're very very beneficial to people who suffer with digestive issues of course and I'm not a big fan of vegetables myself so uh, I think a lot of people benefit from not e- eating more vegetables even though we we've, we've been told that that is what is healthy for such a long time so but anything that reduces inflammation reduces bloat re- reduces bad digestion I say I would say it's a good step in the right direction
0: for yeah. sure yeah and i I know that so much of this is like dogmatic and you made a really good point before around like how much individuality you know does really sort of make matter and sort of like tweak with stuff like that where do you fall on like on carbs um right and like so just thinking about like because you'll see there's there's this one sort of diet that's relatively popular with athletes that's like uh um that's based around uh sort of nutrient absorption and ease of digestion. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of it right now. It's a, it's a famous powerlifter guy that's a big proponent of it. Um, but essentially like at its core is actually like meats. Um, so just like you sort of mentioned before, and actually white rice. Um, and that one was interesting to me. It's like, oh, okay. Like, so this one, uh, you know, just and it's there in part because of just how easy it is to digest. But when it comes to sort of your approach to to carbs, like how much how much flexibility there do you have or what's your overall view on on f- fitting that into the macro profile
1: yeah so a lot of my ideas actually come from uh, Stan Efferding the guy you're talking about his That's, diet yeah. <laughs> exactly and we see how every one of his athletes they perform better they get healthier the blood work gets healthier as soon as their digestion starts to work better and better So, for me, when I talk about carbs, I talk about single-ingredient foods, always. Um, I mean, I love white rice, just like Stan. Uh, It's super easily digestible. Not as nutrient-dense as fruits would be. But as long as I can get my hands on some nice fruit, some raw honey, real maple syrup, white rice, and the occasional potato, I just can't... Like, I don't follow any specific, like, I should eat more carbs, less carbs, this amount. Like, if I'm out in the sun, if I'm sweating, if I'm training hard, I'm just listening to my cravings. Like, if I have a sweet tooth, then I know that I need more fruit, more hydration, and all that stuff. So, I I think that intuition is the strongest guide when it comes to nutrition and dieting overall. But at this point, everyone's taste buds is just off the charts. (laughs) And we've lost touch with uh, nature. So completely uh, it kind of fluctuates depending on my activity levels for sure
0: yeah that that makes a ton of sense and i know for myself like last for january i just like it was just like okay 30 days like absolutely zero sugar no seed oils no whatever um and just actually like eliminating sugar from your diet in general like you your your taste buds just get so much more acute you taste bitter a little bit more pronouncedly you're you know, you get a different sort of baseline. So like the fruit, you know, even if you have the tiniest trace amounts of sort of sugar, like when you really dial it in and get rid of it, it changes like your sort of sensory absorption. And then like honey, like honey to me, still tastes like incredibly sweet or maple syrup tastes insanely sweet. Like, right. So it's like there's, but there's a dialing effect to the point you just made. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Our taste buds get adjusted in either direction super quickly like after 30 days of eating just whole foods and cutting out processed food processed sugars especially it makes a huge difference
0: yeah for sure for sure i've seen you talk a a little bit about um a a few things that i think are like super interesting but like eating and training for higher testosterone right yeah how do you think about that when it comes to both sides right when it comes to both sort of training and, and nutrition
1: So I, when it comes to strength training, I mean the, the the studies are obvious, like increased strength, increased muscle mass, better better health, blood, better blood work, and all that stuff. And just exerting yourself physically is gonna do things for your body and your brain as well. Your mindset, especially being a man, like it feels so it feels so good to lift heavy and intensely. But I think it's it can be detrimental too, because if you're putting too much stress on your body, which is kind of what, what I'm against, with all of this like excess training, like training six or seven days a week, uh, being super rigid, and cutting all, cutting out all of the fatty meats, cutting out all the good carbs, and uh, doing prolonged fasting, these this stuff puts so much stress on your body. So it can be to your like it can be a benefit of course it's a huge benefit but it exists on a u-shaped curve so too much Hmm. of a good thing eventually turns
0: bad yeah yeah completely and what are what are the cues for you that you're looking at to say like okay like i'm 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 coming down on this on the u-shaped curve here
1: um the first thing you can do is check your body temperature and also your heart rate in the morning. I think heart rate, sleep, your energy levels. And then also, of course, you can do a blood test. Of course, if you're serious about your about your blood work and you want to take things to the next level, I would always recommend doing that. But otherwise, you can just tell by your libido, your passion for life. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're a guy, you know what it feels like to be energized and you know what it's like to not be at your full potential. You can just feel that drive within you
0: you can yeah and you have to train your yeah i I think that's that's great advice the um last i've got like a a cold right now and uh part of the reason it happened is last week like i noticed my sleep was a little bit off like Mm -hmm. after a month of like you know not not drinking like i reintroduced alcohol so my sleep was a little different like all these different things but i was at the gym and i had a little more extra time so i was just Mm -hmm. like okay you know what like let me just do this 10 K row and, and try to like, and, and, and map it. Like it was, you know, 10 kilometers. Uh, um, and let me just sort of like dial into that. Like I've, I've got it in this amount of time. Right. And so like had to push the pace, had to really sort of go for it, whatever. I'd worked out like every day before it. Right. So I was like five, six days, but I wasn't training like super hard, but I knew it was going to be a challenge. Um, low no sleep i hadn't eaten right so i was like i'm probably like an 18 or 20 hour fast at this point right but i'm like whatever i have time for it so i got through it fine right and then i sat in the sauna for like a very hot one for 20 minutes right so like all these things like and i wasn't really sort of thinking about it i was like okay i have to go grab my daughter's in a little bit i've got this time to myself i love training like i just love it it's fun so i was like. This is me time. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to get done. I'm going to feel so much better. Sure enough, like, especially after the sauna, I was like, I am wiped. (laughs) And then kick that forward (laughs) like another day Mm -hmm. and I'm sick and I'm like, but it was, it was legitimately like every, every factor that you're talking about. And it wasn't until the sort of post-op, I was like, wow, dummy, like you, like your body's like giving you these like really sharp cues to say like. Hey, don't do this for this little ego boost that you get or this mm. little whatever. You know, like you're like, that's what your body's trying not to say. Right. So, like, I think your analogy around that U shaped curve is perfect because it's just yeah. like you, you have to really sort of pay attention to like, where are you really sort of like feeling and what's what's the output that you're really sort of hoping for? Like, I easily could have just like done a, done a, a softer lift or gone for a long walk or done something that would like, Long term be in my better interest than crashing and then not being able to train for a couple of days
1: yeah but but at the same time, I think that's just the the masculine urge to do as much as possible, but uh we live and we learn, and I think it's uh it just it just uh proves itself to be true, like we have a limited amount of energy to dispose to our like body, bodily and physiological needs so If we expend all that energy like in a stress state and our body is just prioritizing basically survival at this point, right? Because we're stressed out, we're deep into a fast, we're pushing ourselves multiple days in a row, we're hitting the sauna for 20 minutes. Uh, We have way less energy to to put into our immune system and reproductive system and all that stuff. So that's why we suffer from libido, getting sick. excuse me uh when we like when we're overtrained.
0: yeah completely completely um switching gears here a little bit because i've seen you give some some great sort of training advice and different protocols and things like that um if you could pick 10 exercises for the rest of your life to just stay as fit as possible yeah um, specifically a little bit more on the strength training side what would what do you think those would be
1: are we talking strength, or are we talking just looking good?
0: Great question. Let's say looking good. That's probably of more interest to people. That will yeah, be
1: yeah. So, I mean, when whenever I talk about training, mm. uh, frequency, uh, choices of exercises, and like the split that you want to do, I I always say that all roads lead to Rome, but it's mm. just a matter of choosing the road that you enjoy the scenery the most. Mm. So for me personally, I like to train with machines. I'm a heavy fan, I'm a big fan of machines and especially hammer strength machines where you load the plates on the machines and they kind of follow that perfect strength curve um, that just fits with the anatomy of the body and the function of the muscle. So I love any, I love any machine, any hammer strength. I couldn't say, I couldn't say 10. But I, I just love every every single exercise that is on a properly well-made machine. But then, of course, you have the basics. You have the pull-ups, the dips. Um, I love heel elevated squats for the knees and the mm-hmm. legs. So you can get that full range of mo- motion. Um, so any hammer strength machine. I love the calisthenics and uh, the squats, yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. What are some other hammer strength machines that you you go for? So so pull up steps for, for sure. So it sounds like targeting sort of big, mm. um, big body, big. Uh, what's the word? A lot of muscle groups. Yep. A lot of sort of activation there. That makes a ton of sense. Um, heel elevated squats. That's a really that's a smart one because um, mm. you're just getting a different range of motion. Um, what are some of the other machines that you're looking at in there?
1: I love the chest press. I love a good chest supported row as well. Hmm. I love a lateral raise for the side part of the shoulder in a machine, especially because you get that resistance all the way up and all the way down without compensating with form or momentum and then like no swinging, uh, just pure technique. So chest press, chest supported rows, the, the machine laterals, they're probably my go-tos.
0: Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. And then you um, have
1: the basic like a leg curl and uh leg extension as well
0: sure sure are the is is it a hammer strength um lateral raise that you're doing then
1: yeah that that one is not a it's not a hammer strength, but it's conducted in the same way that the the weight is following the strength curve of the 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 muscle
0: gotcha, yeah, so you're able yeah. to get like that. Yeah, that activation, like, yeah, really high. Yeah, so, so
1: it gets yeah. uh, it gets easier, progressively easier, the higher up you go, and then heavier and heavier.
0: So it, it follows the,
1: the strength of your, of your
0: muscles, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's one that I, I haven't heard mentioned, but that makes a ton of sense sense before. Um, what, what about on your, sort of switching gears a little bit, but when it comes to your creator journey, you're putting out, like, awesome content, Uh, you've you've got a really like cool looking ebook that I think sort of hits a lot of the different points that we've, we've talked on, like what's, what's next for you in that space and where do you want to take it and go?
1: So when I was growing up, I was always a very goal oriented guy. Like I wanted to achieve X, Y, and Z, but the older Mm. I get, I think I've, I do my best work and I, I, find the best results when I'm more process oriented. So it's just a matter of continuing, like look at the data, what works, what doesn't work, how can I reach as many possible people as possible and how can I help as many people as possible to overcome the the obstacles that I've had. And if that is 2,000 people, I just hit, hit 2, 2K today, so I'm very happy with right. that. Yeah. Um, and if I hit 10K, I don't mind, like I just want to get more people on board on fitness and health because I, going back to what people do, uh, like the what misconception they have about fitness and health is that it has to be this super complex thing when in reality we just need to train hard, recover, and eat what grandma told us to eat. Um, so yeah, I just want to simplify fitness and health for as many people as possible and what that looks like, I have no idea. I'm just going with the flow and uh, seeing where my curiosity takes me.
0: That's, that's great. Um, well, I think that's probably a good place to, to sort of wrap it. Um, but where can, where can people find you and where can people sort of get in touch and, and connect and all that good good kind of stuff?
1: So as of now, I'm only on X. Uh, Twitter, I will always say Twitter. <laughs> yeah, my handle is uh, Tim P. Johansson. So you can just send me a DM or anything and I will do my best to help anyone with whatever question they have.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we'll we'll link that in the show notes and be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. Um, Tim puts out some awesome training content and I think just good sort of like macro kind of stuff to sort of keep in mind too. So thanks so much, man. It's been awesome. Thank you,
1: Mike. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Cheers. Bye.
0: All right. Great job, man. You You killed it. Thanks so much for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Make sure to go to the-actualized-self.com and sign up for a newsletter. It's totally free and you get all sorts of exclusive information, highlights from each episode, video clips from guests, and just key lessons and takeaways to boost your creator career. Thanks again for being here and we'll see you next week.